You know the moment when someone really surprises you in a good way? You know, when someone does something that's just exceedingly nice for you, and you're thrown back, or something that they say, or like a moment that you share, and it's like you kind of stop for a second and you look at them, or you think back, like, they're a friend. You know, it's a, it's a good realization. You're like, yeah, they're a friend to me. So how do we recognize what true friends are? That's a difficult question nowadays. You know, a true friend. When you're with them, you don't have to worry about what you need to say or like who you need to be, how you need to act. You are just without thinking you with that person. You know, there's comfort when you see them. And when you spend time together, like coffee talk, that's one of my favorite things to do. When you, for instance, uh, when you spend your time together, you walk away uh, and your day's better, you know, rather than worse. Like you feel energized rather than drained. So on the opposite side, um, have you ever expected someone to, to be behind you? You expected to find trust and affection, uh, but instead you were met with nothing. You actually felt worse, you know, or betrayed. You felt anxious uh, from an encounter. You were afraid, you were angry, whatever. And the same, in the same kind of way, you know, you kind of stop. And you, and you think, you know, like, I think they're against me. You know, like, they're not my friend. And I'm not talking about our family when we fight with one another. We do that. We drive each other crazy, but we love each other, so, so calm down, kids. Uh, but we need to know, though, also, this is very important, how do we recognize an enemy? You know, what an enemy is. Like, an enemy wants us to doubt ourselves. You know, they want to overpower us rather than empower us. They want to snuff out our happiness. They take away our peace. They judge us rather than affirm us. They kind of push us down rather, rather than, than raise us up. And I think... Maybe the scriptures today remind us that the more we realize who and where our one true enemy is, the more power we'll have over him. And our power over our enemy is knowing and realizing our friendship with Christ. He is our Lord, He is our Savior, He's the Son of God, and He's our friend. He chose us as, as friends. So Jesus is our one and true BFF. BFF? Best friend forever? Forever, he is our BFF. <laughs> so the peace that Jesus brings us, the joy that we actually can have in life, like the freedom, the hope, the security that we have in his friendship, all that good stuff is what the devil desperately wants to take away from us. He wants us to walk around in emptiness, like darkness, desolation. He wants us to condemn and doubt ourselves. And most importantly, he wants us to isolate, to go it alone, to isolate ourselves from Jesus and especially from, from one another. Because, yeah, I mean, even what Jesus was saying, a house divided within itself, it can't stand. But how does, how does the, the enemy uh, trick us? As our buddy. 
He doesn't scare us. He buddies up to us. You know, so he can trip us up. And so we can cleverly strip away what God wants to give us, as he did with Adam and Eve. But as the scriptures promise, okay, in that Genesis story, when we fell from that awesome grace we had in the beginning, and our relationship with God was damaged, he didn't abandon us, uh, abandon us to our device and say, you know, all right, go off, go, survive, go, go. No, he actually planted, we heard it, he planted hope like, within our nature. He said to the uh, servant, he dictated to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. Which means that all the children that would come after that point, all of humankind, we are like inherently enemies to the devil. We are rivals with him. And that's what God made known. What Adam and Eve didn't is that we're wired against the devil. And so we're wired intricately to Jesus. Like our nature draws us to him. And then when we were baptized, like we were sealed forever in his friendship. It kind of makes you feel good to know that you've had a friend from the very beginning, you know, long before you even knew it. And maybe that's why, that's why the Catholic guilt, right, the Christian guilt, maybe that's why it hurts so much when we do sin. Because who we are, like, is, is our relationship with Jesus. So when we fall to sin, we feel, like, removed from ourselves. We feel like we lose ourselves. And yeah, we're filled with that division and like that conflict within ourselves. And that's what our enemy wants. You know, he wants us to think, if we do this, right, then even though we know it's wrong, we'll be fine. The consequences aren't that bad. You know, he says, the easy way is just as good as the hard way, so you decide, like, you scratch that itch. But then we know soon after, we know that that feeling, when we've been fooled and we stepped away from the Lord, our peace is gone. You know, like our heart feels numb. And then we just want to feel again. We just want to feel love. And so if we have faith, we, we pray desperately to the Lord, you know, like, bring me back. Like, bring me close again. Raise me up again. It's like we're, like, panting for his mercy. <laughs> you know, there's nowhere else to go. And that's why I love to call nowadays the, the confessional, like, the glory box. Not the hot box, I used to call it that. It's the glory box. It's where God is always waiting, just waiting to just pour out, like, his love and his mercy and his freedom on us, like, again and again, uh, no matter what brought us there. So, we also hear in the gospel that all sins, he proclaims that all sins, all blasphemies that people will utter will be forgiven them. And then, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Has anybody ever read about that? I don't know. 
He says the one sin that's kind of hopeless is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And looking at that, essentially all it means, the only real sin that is hopeless is refusing God, is actually refusing his help staying in the darkness, refusing his forgiveness. So it's kind of like cursing the helper that God promised us, the Holy Spirit. So if we have genuine faith, I can say with all my um, whatever, whatever, I can say that if we have faith, it's quite hard to go to hell. I think we need to remind ourselves sometimes. It's hard to go to hell if we have faith. If we trust in Jesus' end of the friendship and know that he will never ever give up on us. And the more we have, the more we know this, that he will never give up, we'll have the hope that we will never give up on ourselves. And we know that as we've grown, right, the closer we come to the Lord, to know him, to love him, the harder it is to actually move away. You know, the more we want to be close to him, and we want what only that life that Jesus offers, the more it will hurt when we fall away. And that pain is a good thing. That means we love him. It's that pain of separation, that fear, that makes us cling to him when we're doing great to stay there and when we fall away to get back. So if you think about it, we'll always have victory over the enemy. Because with every mistake we make, you're right, the more our resolve will grow and grow to stay closer to the Lord and stay closer. Every mistake, God gives grace through. So while we'll always struggle, in our struggle against the enemy, there will always be victory after victory after victory until the day, oh happy day, when we finally see our best friend forever face to face.